Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This activity, entitled Improving Clinical Practices in the Management of Tensinovial Giant Cell Tumor, or TGCT, is provided by Prova Education and is supported by an independent educational grant from Daiichi Sankyo. Prior to beginning this activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Meet MB, a 38-year-old woman with significant pain and swelling in her right knee, reduced range of motion, and her quality of life and ability to work has been significantly impaired. She suffers from tenosynovial giant cell tumor, or TGCT for short. TGCT are rare, non-malignant tumors that can involve the joint synovia, bursa, or even the tendon sheath, leading to significant morbidity and compromised quality of life. While many patients can be treated with surgery, surgery for diffuse type TGCT is not necessarily a cure. And what happens when surgery is not an option? This is CME on ReachMD. I'm Dr. William Tapp. Joining me to discuss the surgical and medical management of TGCT are Dr. Sylvia Stacchiati, Andrew Wagner, and Michael Vandersendi. Welcome to you all. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really pleased to be here to talk about treatments for tenosynovial giant cell tumor. Thank you for having me today on this very interesting and necessary discussion on the treatment of tenosynovial giant cell tumors. Thank you very much as well for having me with you to discuss together with my colleagues about this very rare and fascinating disease. As I was mentioning in the introduction, MB is a young woman, 38 years of age, and she has pretty extensive TGCT in the right knee. She is in constant pain managed with high-dose pain medication. She has significant swelling in the knee with reduced range of motion. Her quality of life is significantly reduced as it is impacting her ability to work and to socialize with her friends. She has already had three prior surgeries to address her TGCT, and she is back with another recurrence. So this is not an unfamiliar story, unfortunately, for people with TGCT. So knowing this, Dr. Vandersandy, is this patient a good candidate for surgery? Do you have concerns about surgery? And what type of discussion do you have with the patient about the possible pros and cons or expectations regarding surgery? Well, with a patient that is about uh, 38 years old and had three surgeries over the last five years, it will be very difficult to ever present her with a cure of the disease from a surgical point of view. From our knowledge and experience, and also from our papers that we've published, we see that patients with recurrence disease have less than 20% chance of being tumor-free within the next three years. So in the discussion with this patient, I would explain that a surgical approach to this problem can only be to uh, improve complaints, but not to cure the disease. I think she will again have a long rehabilitation period, and I would be reluctant to go again into a surgical treatment with a six-month rehabilitation period. If in the end there is some room for a surgical approach, one could consider doing a synovectomy, either arthroscopically or open, 
to reduce the complaints, but discussed that this will not cure the disease. So based on what was uh, pointed out by uh, Dr. Van de Sande, I don't think that this patient is a good candidate for an additional surgical resection since it looks that the expected morbidity uh, is going to be superior than uh, the expected improvement in symptoms. So for that reason, this patient can be considered for a medical uh, therapy. According to what we know from clinical data derived from clinical studies, uh, the perfect candidate for a medical treatment in case of an advanced and progressive uh, TGCT is the case of a patient with a good general condition, uh, with the symptoms, uh, with an evidence by radiology of measurable uh, disease, uh, and uh, without any comorbidities. Uh, which can increase the risk of uh, side effects. So this is a wonderful discussion, and I really appreciate the discourse between the medical oncologist and the orthopedic oncologist. I think this is so critical in the management of patients with diffuse type and extensive TGCT. It really allows for a multidisciplinary approach that can help the patient and the treating physicians make some tough decisions regarding treatment. For this patient, we can see that she has extensive disease. The surgery would not be curative and may actually have some degree of morbidity. So for that reason, I think it's very reasonable to explore medical management. So with that, Dr. Stacchiati, what options do you have for treating MB? The medical option available for treatment of adult, locally advanced, non-resectable, uh, TGCT are uh, uh, different across countries. Formally, the only approved potentially active drug in the disease is pexidartinib, uh, which has been recently approved by FDA in uh, the US. Uh, while this drug is uh, still under assessment by EMA in Europe. So uh, this said, in Europe, for example, there are no active uh, drug uh, formally approved for treatment of this uh, group of patients. This corresponds to a huge uh, amount of differences uh, uh, with regard to the accessibility to, uh, to potentially active drug across uh, countries. In the EU, uh, pexidartinib can be used uh, together with uh, other drugs which are not formally approved but available, like uh, imatinib uh, that has been investigated uh, only retrospectively, not within a prospective uh, clinical uh, study. And uh, uh, it is available in Europe only as an off-label uh, treatment in uh, some particular setting. Then there is another drug that has been uh, evaluated within a prospective clinical trial that is nilotinib, but this uh, drug has really a limited activity. And uh, finally, there are uh, new experimental treatments uh, under investigation within uh, prospective clinical trials open both in the US and in Europe. And for some patients, uh, especially in Europe, this is uh, the only opportunity to receive a potentially active drug uh, for their diseases since vexidartinib is not uh, available uh, over there. Uh, with the uh, drug currently available, no matter if approved or uh, off-label, uh, we uh, unfortunately cannot uh, think about curing any patient. 
what we can uh, uh, try to achieve uh, is uh, an improvement in uh, symptoms uh, and uh, a tumor shrinkage, uh, which can also translate uh, into an improvement in the function. Uh, this has been seen uh, somehow with imatinib, but of course this has been seen much more uh, with pexidartinib. So let's continue with the review of the systemic therapies that we have available to us. We have one approved drug and several off-label medications that we can use in this disease. Dr. Wagner, can you introduce the concept of some of the therapies we use, some of the initial data that we can actually apply towards our patients and in this multidisciplinary discussion between the surgeon, patient, and medical oncologist? The, the key finding that led us to be able to use medical therapy for tenosynovia giant cell tumor was the discovery from Dr. Van der Rijn that two different genes are inappropriately fused together in the neoplastic cells. And this brings a gene encoding CSF1 under the control of a collagen gene promoter, and it leads to overproduction of CSF1. This leads to proliferation of the neoplastic cells, but also a drawing into the tumor of inflammatory histiocytic cells that cause pain, swelling, uh, bleeding into the joints, uh, and joint destruction. So these patients can have really significant functional limitations from the size of the mass, from pain, from accelerated arthritis, uh, and other physical uh, uh, challenges. So when we look at the medical treatment of patients with advanced uh, TGCT, we really want to focus on two things. One is shrinking the tumor, and the other is improving their symptoms. The uh, first uh, medical treatment that's been described um, successfully was a case report by uh, Dr. Blay describing the use of imatinib in a patient with uh, TGCT of her elbow and demonstrating a complete response. And this led many of us to start using imatinib as an off-label therapy for patients with uh, unresectable TGCT. Now, this has been summarized in a couple of publications, most recently uh, describing uh, over 50 patients who have been treated uh, with imatinib uh, and a retrospective analysis um, and showing that about 29% of patients had shrinkage of their disease. There's been another prospective study of uh, a drug called nilotinib, which also has some uh, ability to inhibit the CSF1 receptor. And in this prospective study of 58 patients, um, the primary endpoint was met, which was uh, progression-free survival at 12 weeks, where over 92% of patients uh, were free of progression. Um, but there were no responses uh, to treatment. Uh, in terms of tumor shrinkage. The uh, drug pexidartinib was studied uh, in tenosynovial giant cell tumor first as an expansion cohort in, it, in its phase one study. And this actually showed dramatic improvement in the size of the tumors and led to the randomized phase three study, um, placebo-blinded uh, pexidartinib uh, in what's called the enlivened study. In this study, 120 patients uh, were randomly assigned to receive either pexidartinib uh, or placebo for 24 weeks, after which point they could be unblinded and patients on placebo could cross over to pexidartinib. Uh, at the 24-week assessment, 39% of patients who were assigned to pexidartinib had significant shrinkage of their disease as measured by RESIST, uh, and it was over 50% as measured by another score that looks at uh, the volume of the tumor. Uh, and this was in comparison to a 0% response rate in patients on placebo. 
With continued treatment in the, expansion, in the extension uh, phase of the study, um, additional patients developed responses, showing that not all patients receive uh, or meet the criteria for response in those first 24 weeks, uh, and it can be ongoing tumor shrinkage with longer periods of treatment. So Dr. Wagner, I agree. I think that was a very nice assessment of the medications that we actually have available for us. What's important for the patient to realize is that we have several drugs that we can use, both now on-label with pexidartinib and off-label with drugs like imatinib and nilotinib. As you pointed out, each of these have slightly different efficacy assessments that were used in their clinical trials, but all of them can be helpful for our patients. I think a lot of it has to do with what are the goals of the therapy that we're trying to offer the patient. Are we looking for rapid decrease in tumor size and rapid potential improvement in symptoms? Or are we looking for an improvement in symptom stability of disease over time? And as has been mentioned, this is a very diverse disease. Each patient presents with multiple symptoms different from the next patient. So we really have options to try to individualize approach for our patients. What's clear, though, is that all of these drugs have different side effect profiles. Some of them can be very serious, although it seems to be very rare. This is compounded by the fact that many of the patients who have TGCT are younger. Therefore, the pros and cons, the risk benefits, the side effects of any medications have to be really considered when using a medication, especially such as pexidartinib, which had a very rare but serious type of liver toxicity, which was a cholestatic hepatotoxicity. This really is being now considered as we appropriately use the drug. And I know many of our colleagues here, as we have been discussing and will discuss, have serious considerations as to what is the appropriate patient and how to actually allow for informed consent to come into those discussions with the patient as well as the surgeons. But there are a lot of considerations about the appropriate use of the drug. What is the appropriate dosing and schedule? Do we need to start off at higher doses of 800 milligrams per day? Can we use lower doses that could potentially allow for responses, but maybe not as rapid, but generally over time? There's a lot of thought potentially about using strong CSF1 inhibitors in a neoadjuvant, adjuvant fashion, a perioperative fashion. Could that help increase the likelihood of a cure or long-term outcomes for patients? I think there's also a lot of questions in patients with very chronic and diffuse disease is whether or not we need continued dosing. Can we actually treat to maximal response improvement of symptoms and then actually give interruptions within the dosing? If we do do that, when is the appropriate time to actually reintroduce drug if we begin to see growth of the disease or actually new symptoms? These are really important questions that the academic community and experts in TGCT, both our orthopedic oncology colleagues and our medical oncologies are really beginning to think about. And it is very important to discuss together uh, in the presence of the radiologist, the surgeon, the orthopedic surgeon, and the medical oncologist if there is uh, any possibility for a surgical resection and which is the benefit for the patient because uh, in the past it was very common to see repeated the surgery with a worsening instead of an improvement of the more of the symptomatic aspect related to the disease and this is something that the patient do complain a lot many patients do ask for a medical therapy saying that they do want do not want to undergo surgery anymore 
And finally, since we know that uh, medical treatment are not without uh, uh, toxicity risk, uh, we really need to select uh, the perfect patient for the medical uh, treatment, sharing after the discussion we have together with our colleagues, uh, which is the expected uh, balance between risk and uh, benefit. So this has been a fascinating discussion, but unfortunately our program is coming to a close. As we wrap up our discussions, I'd like to thank my guests, Dr. Sylvia Stacchiati, Andrew Wagner, and Mikhail Vander Sandy for helping us better understand new options for the management of TGCT. It was great speaking with all of you. Thank you for having me on the program today. Thank you for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for having me with you today. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is provided by Prova Education and is supported by an independent educational grant from Daiichi Sankyo. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash Prova. Thank you for listening.